Today is Pentecost Day. And I'm always amazed when I hear the story of Pentecost. We didn't hear the full reading in Acts chapter 2. But Peter gave a bold and powerful and, and wonderful testimony about the grace of God. And 3,000 people, through the preaching of the Word of God, came to know Jesus in one day. 3,000 people. It was an incredible day, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. As many of you know, the disciples were proclaiming the Word of God in people's native tongues. Tongues of fire stood on top of their heads. 3,000 people were in that vicinity, heard the proclamation of the Word. And as I said before, all of them, 3,000 of them, came to know Jesus as Savior. And I oftentimes wonder, why doesn't that happen today? I guess it does in some places, but it's a pretty rare thing when 3,000 people confess the name of Christ all at one time. And sometimes we hear stories like that, and we get so overwhelmed. We think, holy cow, witnessing evangelism, sharing the gospel is for the masses, but not just for me. And so how do we take this, this tremendous gospel that God has given us, that we're to testify with so many people and make it palatable, simple, digestible, something that we can actually do? And so we've reduced evangelism down to, you say it, the one, the one. And we have in our text before us in Luke chapter 15, the story of the lost coin. You heard it read before. And I've got to tell you, when I hear that story, at least before I really studied it this past week, I thought that story was kind of odd. I mean, okay, the lady has 10 coins. One of them is lost. What's the big deal? It's probably not worth more than a buck or two in contemporary terms. So why in the world does she stop everything, look all over the house, move things, dust things, rearrange things, and deliberately and consistently looks for that coin until she finds it? What's the big deal? She has nine others. Why is she so impressed with just that one coin? Haven't you thought that's an odd story too? I mean, what's the big deal with just one coin? Maybe you've thought, well, you know, I, I've lost things before and it wasn't any big deal. And yeah, I, I looked diligently. I got to tell you about something in my life. I lost my wallet uh, about a year ago and I looked all over. We stopped our credit card payments. I, had, I even had to get a new license. We looked all over the house. We retraced our steps. We did all the things we needed to do to try to find it. We never found it until after I got my license and after we got new credit cards. I finally found it in the cushion of our couch. You ever had that happen? And I want to tell you, when I found it, I was so thankful. So glad. And so you hear a story like that and you say, yeah, I've lost stuff, but I didn't make a big deal about it when I found it. I didn't call my friends and family and relatives and say, hey, come and party with me. I found my lost item. And you hear this story and you say, what's the big deal about a coin? Maybe it was worth 20 bucks, maybe even 100 bucks. But what's the big deal about the one coin that was lost? Why did she make such a big fuss about it? And if you really think about it, you probably have thought that. Why such a fuss about the one? 
about the one. Let me share with you the significance of the one coin. You see, those ten coins were given to this lady as a wedding gift. They had tremendous, listen to this, sentimental value. It was like a, a monetary blessing that was given to her at her wedding. And those ten coins symbolized the love that she had from her parents that were given to her at her wedding. And so they had tremendous, not only monetary value, but sentimental value. I got to tell you, when we moved here 19 years ago, my wife lost a little diamond in her ring, in her wedding ring. And you thought all heaven broke loose. I mean, she was so upset. We looked all over. We never found it. Finally, years later, I got her a new diamond. And I want to tell you, it holds tremendous significance for her. That's the attitude this lady in our text had about her wedding ring or her, her, her coin. She felt so bad that this coin was lost. And finally, when she finds it, and by the way, Theologians tell us that it took her days, maybe weeks, to find this coin. It wasn't just something she found after about a half hour. She'd been seeking it and looking for it diligently for weeks. Like losing a wedding ring. Something significant, something sentimental, something that had emotional attachment, something valuable. And finally, when she finds it, she calls her friends, she celebrates, she says, come and celebrate with me, I have found the one coin. Why such a fuss? And what's the application? You know what the application is. You see, the lost coin in this text, listen to this, don't miss it. The lost coin in this text are people that don't know Jesus. People that are lost and separated from the Father. People whose current address, eternal address, is a place called hell. And the woman in the text is God. And God is relentless in pursuing them. God will never stop. He will continue to look for them, and when he finds them, he wants them to be in a relationship with him. God is focused on, you say it, the one. And so today, I've challenged you to identify one person in your life who does not know Jesus, who currently is separated from the Father, who needs the Lord desperately, and to start thinking about and focusing on that one. And I've got to tell you, sometimes it's hard for me to believe that God loves that one as much as he loves me. That God wants that one saved as much as he wanted me saved. That God wants to forgive that one just as he has forgiven me. That God wants that one to be in heaven just as much as he wants me in heaven. I forget that. Humbly and repentedly and sinfully, I forget that. As a matter of fact, when you look at this text, that woman was more intent on finding that lost coin than she was the other nine that she already had. And the current day application is God's intent and his heart is more focused on lost people than even us because we're already in. We're part of his family. 
We know his truths. We've confessed the name of Christ. We've accepted the grace of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now our heart is to bleed for lost people as God's heart bleeds for lost people. He is looking for that one through us. And he's never going to give up. He's not going to stop until that one through us is found. God offers the grace that he demonstrated freely through his son, Jesus Christ. God offers his grace to that one. And when by the power of the Holy Spirit, like on Pentecost Day, that one repents of his or her sin and turns to the Lord Jesus Christ, what do you think happens in heaven? According to our text, there is great celebration. There is a party that takes place in the chambers of heaven every time someone who is lost is found. Every time someone who is separated from God is united with God. Every time someone who is walking away from God walks towards God, embraces the truths of Jesus Christ. There is great celebration in heaven over that. And so what's our part then in all of this? Here's what we do, because we want to be a part of it, you see. We focus on the one. I wish, I wish by the power of the Holy Spirit when I preach the word of God and it goes on the airwaves and people hear it on KOA, I wish the next Sunday 3,000 people like on Pentecost would come here and say, we're in! Wouldn't that be great, by the way? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be wild if next Sunday, when people hear this, the following Sunday, they say, hey, we heard you guys on KOA, uh, on Peace to You, we're in, we believe in Jesus. I mean, that would be great. And who's to say that can't happen? It surely can. But when I think about what happened on Pentecost, it happens so rarely. I mean, most people have never brought one people, one person to the Lord Jesus Christ in their lifetime. And we want to change that. I shared these statistics with you a while back, that when we focus on the one, it's amazing what happens. That when we invite people to come to church with us, 80% of the people that we ask to come to church with us would come. 80%. When was the last time you invited someone to church? And by the way, I've got to ask you, and you don't have to answer this by a show of hands, but I hope and pray you're so excited about what you hear here on a Sunday morning. You're so excited about your church that you invite as many people as possible, that you're not embarrassed about anything that happens here, that you're so on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ, so touched by the Holy Spirit that you say, you've got to come to church with me. Because there's great things that are happening in our church we talk about Jesus there. You need Jesus in your life. Would you come to church with me so you focus on that one? Secondly, you pray for that one. Continually pray for that one that the Holy Spirit would break down their stubborn resisting will and bring them to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
that they would be open to an invitation to come to church with you and say, yeah, I'm in. So you pray for and don't give up praying for that one. Thirdly, you build a relationship with that one. How do you do that? Just by everyday normal conversation. You see someone out in your neighborhood washing the car, you stop and talk to them. Your neighbor is out mowing his lawn, you interrupt him, he'll probably be thankful that you do. You interrupt him and you say, hey, uh, how you doing today? You get to know your neighbors. You get to know your co-workers. You build a relationship with that one that you're praying for, and I've told you before, in my life, it's a guy by the name of Jeff. I'm looking for opportunities in our neighborhood to build a relationship with him, and he is my buddy. A while back, we went out to breakfast. We had a wonderful visit. I'm building a relationship with Jeff because I want to see Jeff become a member of this church. But more importantly, I want to see Jeff become a member of the kingdom of God, amen? Who cares whether they're a member of this church or not? Because when we get to heaven, we're all going to be one in Christ, right? It's not going to be the Methodist corner, the Episcopalian corner, the Lutheran corner, the Catholic corner, the Assembly of God corner. You've probably heard that joke where this guy gets to heaven and St. Peter is showing him a tour and he says, that's the Catholics over there in that room. That's uh, the Pentecostals over there in that room. Over there is the Methodists. And then he comes to a small room with a little window in it. And the guy says to St. Peter, he says, who's that in there? And the guy goes, shh, that's the Lutherans in there. They think they're the only ones here. Folks, when we get to heaven, we're all going to be one. I love that word. We're all going to be one in Christ. And so until then, we build a relationship with that one. And then we look for opportunities to witness to the one. Can you readily testify of what Jesus means to you? And if you can't, I would encourage you to do what the Bible says, to always be prepared to give a testimony of the hope that lives within you. We should always be ready to share our faith. If someone says, why do you go to church? To say, I go to church because I love Jesus. Well, what do you learn there at church? I learn about that he died for me and he rose again for me. And through faith and faith alone in him, I'm saved. And if I trust in him, I forgive, my sins are forgiven, and I'm headed to eternal life, I'm headed to heaven. It's that simple. We just tell people about Jesus, and we think about who Jesus is to us as we look for opportunities to witness to the one. Again, I say it, always be prepared to give a testimony of the hope that lives within you. How many of you have hope of spending eternity with our Lord Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. Okay? What is that hope founded on, grounded on? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is what? You say it? Sinking sand. That's our hope. People need that. My friend Jeff, needs that.
Then you can fast for the one. I don't know how many of you have done that before, but when you fast, when you say, I'm not going to eat anything on this particular day because I'm going to be focusing on the one. And every time I feel hunger pangs, I'm going to be reminded of why I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I love that one. And I want to see that one come to faith. I know that there's some some requirements where people have to eat, and I get that, but if you feel so inclined and led by the Spirit and you're able to do it physically, then I would encourage you to do it. And finally, invite, invite, invite. The one, don't stop. I've got to ask you, no show of hands, when was the last time you invited someone to, to church with you? If it's been more than a month, that's too long. And yeah, maybe they say, yeah, we're going to the mountains that day, or, you know, I got another event, or the Broncos are playing that particular day, and so we're going to go early, whatever. Don't stop. Continue to invite. Because you see, when you invite, amazing things happen. What would it look like? What would it look like if you invite that one to church and they actually come and they sit right next to you in church how cool would that be what would it look like if they say oh don't you go to a bible study aren't you in a life group do you mind if I come and you say, yeah, just, just come with me. We'd love to have you there. And what if they, they go to an adult information class at this church or some other church and they learn about the way, the truth, and the life and they learn about Christ and they actually confess his name? What would that be like? And what would it be like if they come to this church and they say, yeah, I understand, I need to serve the Lord. I want to serve the Lord by serving other people at church, serving the community. I, I've told you that my next door neighbor, a guy by the name of Dave Klapizzi, did not go to church. And I simply invited him. And he came to my life group. And then he went to adult information class. And then he became a member. And now he's an elder. And he loves Jesus and he never misses. And it all started with me saying, come to church with me, Dave. What would it be like to see our church filled? Oftentimes, Pastor Tim and I pray, Lord, fill our parking lot, but do you know what? That can't just be a pie-in-the-sky prayer. It's got to be something that we actually carry out in our everyday life. When we say, you know what? There are people around me that need Jesus, and I want to be a part of a mass movement of God at Peace Lutheran Church, and I'm going to start with just that one. And what would it be like if that one comes to you and says, thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for continuing to pray for me. Thank you for inviting me to church so that I would know the way, the truth, and the life just like you. What would that be like? It would be amazing. Let's pray for that now.
Father, as we come before you today, we just thank you so much that, Lord, you are so present here. And Lord, in the midst of all that we go through, in the midst of all the people that we see, help us to identify that one, that one that needs you, Jesus. And Lord, help us to be bold in inviting them, to pray for them, to build a relationship with them, to witness to them, to maybe even fast, Lord, for the effort of them coming to know you, Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, just as the woman looked diligently for the coin until she found it, you look for those who don't know you, Lord Jesus, through us, and you find them through us. So Lord, we pray for revival in our church. We pray that through this message and through the many messages we hear, that our church might grow, not for our own sake, not for our own glory, but for the glory of you, Lord Jesus, for your sake. In the precious name of you, Lord Jesus, we pray all these things. Amen.